And what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Sports Queue as we get things organized all together. Life gets in the way sometimes. CG Texas Mike, what's going on, brother? Happy to be back with you. Happy uh, evening, wherever you are around the country. Yeah, we're sitting here post-Halloween on the 1st of November, and I want to gouge my eyes out watching this Lance McCullers performance. This has been absolutely catastrophe. I, I cannot believe how flat and just how pathetic he was with his stuff tonight. What a terrible, terrible start, Chris. Yeah, you know, he's one of those guys that kind of sits in that category with, uh, who are some guys that come to mind? Uh, what, what's the one pitcher's name? Man, there's always like the, it's just those, those middle tier guys, not your aces, but these guys in the middle of that rotation that they can either become real stars in the playoffs and in the World Series, or they can really do some damage because they needed some innings from him. How much did the weather and the fact that there was that postponement with the rain shower, how much did that really affect the Astros? It seemed like it affected the Astros way more than it affected the Phillies. Oh, I believe so, because the offensive momentum, the first two games, I mean, when you look at it objectively, okay, yeah, you lost that first game, but you still put five runs on Nola, their ace. Uh, I think you take that all day long. What was that situation mismanaged by Dusty and, and the rest of the Astros? Did they choke that one away? Yes. That was the first time in 36 playoff games that they had ever blown a lead of that size. It'll probably never happen again. That was pathetic. And then you turn around in the second game and you, and you basically crank it up on a wheeler, the same thing. You get five runs, you get out of that one with the win five, one. So you're thinking, all right, we just batted around basically on their two aces, put on 10 runs should be up two zero. We're going to go fly out there for three games and see what happens. And uh, you should be feeling good about the situation. I, I can tell you, you know, on Halloween when I was seeing that weather forecast, and I was like, that's the problem when you start getting this late in the year up in the Northeast. We've talked about it before where weather plays a factor. You don't have that retractable roof. Now that delays everything out and, changes the rotational element and cools off the bats. It kind of stinks, Chris. Yeah, it's tough because it can work either for or against you. Uh, Philly fans are not going to have any kind of sympathy towards the Houston fans in, in any respect. I will say the atmosphere is really fantastic here in the Philadelphia area as far as uh, where they're going. You can't, you got to hand it to the Phillies at a certain point, though. These guys are on fire, man. These guys are just red hot. The bats are smoking right now. And they're getting the pitching that they do need from middle tier guys like the guy that you're watching tonight in Rager Suarez. Uh, Phillies, are they, I mean, are they just so hot right now that the, the Astros can't stop this train? I'm not going to say that it's looking that way. Uh, unfortunately, the Astros are starting to look a little bit of like the baseball Buffalo Bills of the 90s and also the Atlanta Braves of the 90s as well, where they're coming in, they're on paper, they're a juggernaut, everything looks to be rocking along, and then they just find somebody that's scorching hot, and, and there's nothing they can do about it. You know, I'm not going to rule this series out. You know, right now as we're recording, they're down seven to nothing in the third game. I mean, there's a lot of ability to bounce back. We, we know how quickly tails can turn in baseball, but it, it, it's looking that way, Chris. It, it, it's kind of frightening in that situation. Um, you know, I... I would hate to see it again for the for the third time where an NL East team catches fire and just decapitates them. It's kind of sad being a lifelong Houston Astros fan. 
Yeah, and the thing that I've noticed a big difference from a, a free swinging team like the Yankees, where they're going to swing for the fences and they're swinging at some bad pitches, where you can catch them in some situations where they do chase balls out of the zone. The Phillies have been extremely patient at the plate. I mean, you're seeing that they've got batters that are going up there and they're they're really giving it a good eye. And they've been, I think they've just been they've been on this streak where they've just they're the hot team. It's really hard to stop them right now. The environment and the stadium, hey, when things are going really well in the city of Philadelphia, look, they're going to support their sports team and it's going to be rocking and rolling. You can ensure that. When things are not going so great, maybe it goes in the other direction and it can go real south real fast. But, man, all their teams are really clicking right now. The Eagles are undefeated. Uh, You can't bring these folks down from the clouds right now. It's an exciting time to be in Philadelphia. And uh, they could be on their way to a World Series victory. I know as a Houston fan, you want to stick in there. They've got to steal one, obviously. And then it changes the whole complexion because then all the pressure is back on the Phillies. Yeah, I I think they definitely turn it around and get it back to Houston. Uh, I don't see them just completely collapsing from this. I mean, you know, Lance McCullers his stuff was off. It just did not seem like he was, he was mentally into it today for him to allow five home runs. His location was bad. He basically couldn't throw a fastball. It, it, it seemed like it was a different man out there than, than what you would typically see out of him. And, you know, they're going to have to rebound. I mean, they're not hitting, you know, seeing this, the ump has had a little bit of a stretch uh, strike zone, in my opinion, especially when it comes to the inside, some terrible calls. I'm not going to say that's the factor here. You know, there's obviously a lot of mitigating factors in something like this. I mean, they're just getting smoked and they got to rebound. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Uh, anything else that's jumped out to you from the series and just baseball and the season overall um, as, as we do kind of wrap things up because the World Series will probably be close to ending by the time we get on here again. Uh, where is Houston going to go from here whether they win or they lose where's philadelphia going to go from here whether they win or they lose um are these two teams that we're going to continue to see in these positions or is this the case of one really hot team at the right time um a team of destiny if you will uh and and how do things shape up even going into next season even though it's way too early to think about that you know chris i think it's the latter when you're talking about the phillies that they are a scorching hot magic carpet ride just like the braves were just like the Nationals were in 2019. It's the same kind of thing. Uh, They do have that cornerstone talent that can maybe keep them at the top, but I I don't think so. I think they're going to slide back into kind of a wild card contender and be maybe a little bit of a middling franchise if they don't win at all. The Astros, they're fighting for validity of their run, essentially. You want to prove that 2017 wasn't just a fluke. You got to win this one. I, I see the way their talent's stacked up. They're not going anywhere either. I, I, Verlander is going to come back for another year. The talent is young. I hit Jordan, Kyle Tucker, I mean, Jeremy Pena, these guys are, are hitting their prime. They're young. They're hungry. They're not going anywhere. They're going to be the top of the hegemony of baseball for quite some time. But in order to validate their run and what they have done, which has been unquestionably the best in their history and it's not even close they need this one they really do dusty baker he is staying no matter what i mean depending on the outcome of this this series you know what i i think he would run it back one more time he enjoys it i he is so close i mean but do you but you but do you think it's his decision no matter what it's going to be his decision oh yes 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 i i don't think ownership i don't think jim crane would put pressure he would 
he would give him the floor in that case and say, look, what do you want to do? And I think Dusty would come back. I mean, you're not in a situation where you're going to be losing a ton of talent. You're not going to have a mess, mass exodus. The Astros have proven to be pretty resilient in keeping this core and moving the different pieces around and, and it's working. Yeah. Do you have some deficiencies? You know, Yuli Gurriel's getting up there. He's been decent in the playoffs, but maybe you need something a little better in the DH slot, first base slot. Trey Mancini has been a total flop in, in this postseason. Uh, he has not delivered at all. Amedes Diaz, same thing. He, he's produced nothing when put in the DH slot. So, so there's some places where they can improve, but I think in the event they win or lose, they will be right on back. Top of the AL West, competing with the Yankees for the best record in the AL and trying to get back to the World Series. I, I think that's a given. Verlander, what's his situation like? I mean, what's his contract situation and what's his deal with the Astros? Oh, he'll be back next year. Okay. Yeah, he'll he'll be back next year. I think if he had an opt-in, I haven't really looked at it, but I, I'm pretty sure if he hit a certain innings threshold, which he did, he's going to win the Cy Young Award. I, I, I don't see any way that you could vote it any other way. Honestly, he deserves it, that that he would come back for another run. Why wouldn't he? he? He seems to be comfortable in Houston. You know, him and Kate have a place over in the Piney Point area section of town, seem to be settled in pretty well. So, and, you know, I don't, I don't see family pressure or anything like that, a la Tom Brady, <laughs> causing, <laughs> causing some disturbance or turbulence. We'll see what happens here with the rest of the series. Obviously, it's going to be probably over by the time we record our next episode. But could you see this going seven games? Could you see this kind of going back and forth? And again, but you think it goes back to Houston, but do you think we get to seven games? Yeah, I think we do. I think this series does go seven games. I, I would be shocked. You know, I, I want to say the Homer and me Astros win in seven. Uh, I might be totally wrong there, but, you know, we got to have dreams, my friend. Let's take a quick first break. We'll come right back here on the sports Q with another topic coming up here just for you. And we're back here on another episode of the Sports Q back with another segment. Of course, don't forget to hit that subscribe on Spotify. Follow us on Apple Podcasts as well. Texas Mike, IMCG, let's dive into some NFL action. We are well into the NFL season right now. We just talked about Philadelphia. I think we've uh, we visited Philadelphia enough, right? The Eagles, they continue to win. The, the schedule, and I've given people a, a, a fun time about this that I work with and people that I've been around. Like the schedule has been the schedule for the Eagles. They've faced some, some teams that are okay. Okay. And they face some teams that are just not great, but you still got to go out there and win those games. So I'm going to give them their credit there. They're still undefeated. The, you look at the rest of their schedule and they still have uh, quite a few opponents where it looks like they're going to be pretty heavily favored in some of these games. But the trade deadline was really active. I mean, you were seeing some teams get real active around this time and some big names too. What are you attributing all this movement to as we get to the trade deadline in the NFL and really a lot of key components moving to some different teams and maybe some teams that are on the fringe and you don't really even think about? Well, you know, sticking with the Philadelphia mantra, just to, to piggyback a little bit on what you first brought up, Chris, they're going to be playing on primetime against the Texans Thursday night. Here in Houston, I will be there with the battle red helmets and it's looking the early line is minus 14. So <laughs> you've hit the nail on the head. Uh, that might be one you look at the Texans. If it gets to minus 14 and a half, I think they might be able to keep it within two scores. Philadelphia gets bored. You, you got Jalen Hurts coming back and uh, Channel View High School product back home, but uh, that's not looking good. I think Philadelphia crushes it. But yeah, to get on the trade deadline, you know, obviously the big name deal right there happened 
prior to the deadline. That's Christian McCaffrey going over to San Francisco for a treasure trove of draft picks. I mean, a second rounder, a third rounder in 2023, a fourth rounder in 2023, and a fifth rounder in 2024. I mean, San Francisco's going all in. Carolina's trying to rebuild. You know, that wasn't so shocking, depending on you know, the situation with Carolina, but, you know, getting McCaffrey back in the Bay Area, Stanford guy, total hero, probably should have won a Heisman Trophy when he was over there. You know, it's, it's a cool story. Uh, there's a couple others I like. You know, one, one that I, I find interesting, just kind of based on the situation, Chase Claypool, who looked like he was really going to kind of take off there for a while when Big Ben was a little better and he was starting off with the Steelers getting shipped over to the Bears. I think that changed. Change, didn't that feel like change of scenery? I think I think that just felt like a change of scenery type trade. I think that was one of those deals where, look, you got George Pickens, you got some of these young players that are coming up for the Steelers. You got a young quarterback, um, Chase Claypool. I don't think... I, I mean, I think he was already kind of uh, not seeing eye to eye with maybe some of the coaching staff. Look, I don't want to make too many assumptions, but it was that it was that play uh, when they were getting late in the season, when they were in the playoff hunt or something. Didn't and then he kind of posed and he and he did the first down signal, and it really rubbed the coaches the wrong way because he didn't just get back on the ball and line up, and it cost them some seconds, and and it ended up costing them the game and. Uh, this just felt like a let, let's just move somebody. Let's just give them a same because the Steelers aren't going anywhere. The bears aren't going anywhere this year. So, you know, you make that move to just kind of move guys around and say, okay, we're thinking way down the road. And there's some teams that are, they're waving that white flag already that maybe you haven't seen that often that they're saying, man, we're done. And we need to just go ahead and start looking towards the, the future. Calvin Ridley, another one gets traded to Jacksonville and he's fired up. He's ready to get out of Atlanta. Yeah, th that was a little bit surprising, you know, kind of two teams stuck in the doldrums of nowhere. Uh, Calvin Ridley can be an impressive weapon, I think, for Trevor Lawrence if utilized properly, and, and his attitude is there. Another strange one involves your Chiefs, Kadarius Toney. It's just a first-round pick a year ago. Giants obviously off to a great start this year. Probably one of the best stories in the NFL, if not the best. They're already punting on him. And the compensation, third and sixth rounder. I mean, your Chiefs, hey, uh, Andy Reid is a, can develop receivers. Felt, felt like a flyer, obviously a guy with speed, a guy that can kind of fill that role that we talk about Tyreek Hill. Look, the Chiefs have not really missed a beat, I don't think, that much with Tyreek being gone. They're still executing. They're still doing what they need to do. Do they miss the speed and, and, and a guy like Tyreek Hill who's gone to Miami and he's had a, a phenomenal season? He's still playing very well, and we'll talk about Miami in just a second. But, um, you know, maybe you just take a chance on a guy like this that they continue to try and find the guys that have just track type speed that can get past the other players in the secondary, can run some of these underneath routes. And look, the more weapons you add for Patrick Mahomes, the better. Uh, you know, you bring in Juju, you bring in uh, Valdez Gantling, you, you still have Kelsey who's still playing at a, at a, at a high level. Edwards Alaris is staying healthy. You got Pacheco now in there. You know, they're just continuing to give him weapons, shore up the offensive line, make sure you guys are ready to make these runs because you got a high priced quarterback and you got to make moves like this to where you can find some of these diamonds in the rough. Now, I do think that they had some targets on Odell Beckham. I, I think they were looking that direction. I think there's quite a few teams looking that way. I don't know what he's doing. I, I don't know what he's kind of waiting for. Maybe he just wants to kind of come later in the season because he just doesn't want to play ball as much during the early parts of the season, which 
I do think it's a thing sometimes. I, I, you know, you, you take a look at it. It's like, man, I can come in at, at the towards the tail end of the season. I'm still in shape. I feel good. I, I've been through some injuries. You know, I want to be there for a playoff run with a team and be a contributor and be a solid contributor and help somebody win another ring. No, I mean, those, those are very good points, Chris. And I can't disagree with it. Another one that's got this also kind of smack of change of scenery. You know, the, the cradle of tight ends, the University of Iowa, TJ Hawkinson. Remember, that was just such a... In division. In division. Yeah, in division. In division, compensation, second and third rounder with some conditional picks. It's you know, tough. Does it unlock his potential? He was supposed to be amazing. You draft a tight end six overall, you expect amazing. You expect it- a game changer. It makes it tough on Detroit fans because you just wonder where they're going, right? I mean, you just wonder where the direction is. You continue to draft defensive players early on in the draft. And, you know, is it paying off? Is it working out? Aiden Hutchinson looks like, you know, he's he's going to be a quality NFL player. But when does the cycling stop? When, when do you stop preparing for, you know, three, four, five years down the road? It's like, this is a win now league. I mean, look at, Look at what's going on in Tampa right now. Outside of everything, there's a lot of injuries. They had a lot of turnover on that offensive line, and it's affected that team. And and Brady is Brady, of course, but they just they've got holes. They're just they're not winning games that they probably should be winning. Um, you know, it, it can happen that fast that you can kind of fall out of graces in the NFL, and that's why you got to make these big runs when you can when you're stacked, like Buffalo is trying to do. Buffalo's making this big push. This is. You know, what's the window that you can keep all of these talented guys and all these big names and add a Von Miller and have a have a, a Josh Allen with a Stefan Diggs and all these big guys, you know, at a certain point, you know, the Eagles, the Eagles start to Howie Roseman starts to look at making these moves because look, when you get to a point seven and oh, eight and oh, you look like you're gonna make the playoffs. This is your opportunity. There is no now we're gonna think about three years down the road. We want to win the Super Bowl now. Yeah, you, you have to take that all in approach. I mean, you got a two-year window. I mean, you can see how fast the wheels fall off on a lot of these teams. I mean, Tampa Bay is a great example. I mean, they were just on the cusp looking strong, and now it's more like a failure to launch situation. It's just it's just not getting there, and there's really no reason for it. It's just the holes open up. You start to win titles. People get paid. They move on. No, what the Bills are doing is is what you have to do. They, they've been desperate for this for a long time, going all the way back to the, the fun and gun days of Jim Kelly, and this is their best shot since then. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Very passionate fan base. Spent three years in central New York. Uh, I know a little bit about that area. It would be kind of cool to see it. You know, it, it would be. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. And then, hey, the Eagles even getting Robert Quinn, situational pass rusher, trying to take advantage of that. You can never have too many guys chasing after the quarterback. I think that's a good move. And we talked about rookie quarterbacks, and we talked about the Chargers. The Chargers were taking an all-in approach as well. What's what's happening in L.A., though? I mean, it's just underachieving, injuries. Uh, what do we attribute it to? Because their window is going to start shrinking. You know what I mean? They've made the moves. They've made a move for a Khalil Mack, and they've got both. You know, they've got the players. They've got Herbert there. They haven't had to spend a ton of money yet on their quarterback. What do you do now if you're the Chargers? I think you got to hold serve. I mean, right now you've been a little bit unlucky. The division is tough. The talent is there. And you're right. We've seen it since the days of the Seahawks when Russell Wilson was coming up as a young player. If you can have the quarterback on the cheap, 
and build around him, that that formula works. It's worked several times. Once your quarterback gets high priced and starts to take up, you know, a third of your, your cap pool, it's a lot harder to build a team unless they're willing to do the discount. And, and not everybody's Tom Brady and, and will do that repeatedly. Guys want to make their money. Two teams that we uh, or three teams I want to take a look at. And are they smoking mirrors right now? Minnesota Vikings, Atlanta Falcons, Seattle Seahawks, all leading their division. Are any of those three teams a little bit smoking mirrors right now? Oh, I would say the Vikings are somewhat legit because we talked about that a little bit. It looked like they could maybe potentially pass the Packers and that's exactly what's happening. So we're looking at that. What's the other two, Chris? Atlanta Falcons are four and four at the top of their division. <sighs> yeah, that's crap. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, but I mean, what do you do? I mean, you got Tampa, New Orleans and Carolina in there. Carolina, you know, that's probably not going to happen. New Orleans, who knows? Because you just don't know about the quarterback situation. Andy Dalton then go back and forth with Jameis Winston. And then Tampa, Tampa seems like the team if they put it all together. But when are they going to put it all together and, and catch the Falcons? Well, there's enough time. There's enough time for Tampa Bay to do it. You know what? I'm going to go with that. I mean, Atlanta was supposed to be maybe potentially a little bit better this year. I don't think they're going to go wire to from now and, and hold the division lead. I mean, even the Saints could catch them. You got two veterans. You're right. It's a screwball situation. Famous Jameis throwing picks. Andy Dalton, the red rifle. You never know what's going to happen with him. But, hey, the Saints, they, they can lock you down. So, it, it, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But, no, I, I think Atlanta is definitely going to slide back to the pack. We're not going to hit on too much college football in this episode. We'll do it on next episode. But one thing before I leave, is there any more surprising team than the Tennessee Volunteers this season and what Josh Heupel has been able to do as far as uh, what they've done in the SEC? He, he's been – that's coach of the year right there. I mean, and, and what he's done with Hooker, turning him into a 25-year-old quarterback that now just looks like – like I, he looks like the favorite for the Heisman. I, I don't see him losing it. He would really have to go in the tank. And at Virginia Tech, he was not even highly regarded. It's amazing. I mean, it's amazing what a change of, of of zip code and maybe just the packages and, and coaching. The age plays into the factor to an extent. Oh, yes, I think so. Him being 25 years old, that definitely makes a difference. But it shows you what Coachy does because Butch Jones evidently recruited some talent. I mean, there's a lot of guys left over from over there. He couldn't get <laughs> what Heupel's getting out of it. It's it, it's interesting to watch. Do you... well, and, and and it was Jeremy Pruitt in between them. Yeah, yeah. So it Butch Jones, Jeremy Pruitt, Josh Heupel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, that's the whole thing. Like what what Pruitt lasted two years. Yeah, it was quick. I mean, uh, that's the whole thing. Like you, you got a, that's a veteran laden team. We saw what they did to Alabama. That's been the game of the year probably so far in college football. They're definitely running with the Heisman front runner right now. They are destroying teams that are pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, last week, Kentucky, Kentucky's solid. I don't think they're anything special, and then they wiped the floor with them, and it's going to come down to that Georgia game. How do you, uh, feel, how do you feel that game's going to stack up? Who do you like there? It's hard to go against Tennessee, but – It's happening Saturday. They're playing Saturday. Oh, yeah. It's uh, – I'm going to say Georgia is going to win. I think the talent's going to ride out, but. And it's a road game for Tennessee. Yeah, that's huge right there. You're going to go between the hedges and go take down a stacked Georgia team. It's coming off a national championship, veteran laden, you know. And, and, kind of, and kind of a dull effort, too, in the last game for Georgia. 
Well, yeah, and they've had some dull efforts against Missouri as well earlier in the year. I mean, do you think it's just do you think it's playing in the competition and just kind of in that lull of like we just continue to keep winning? We're crushing everybody we need to yeah these stacked teams like that they do get in a lull remember like the miami hurricanes back in the day with some stuff like happened with them they would have kind of a stinker against like boston college or something like that they would end up winning the game but you'd be like uh this shouldn't even be this close i think it's a lot of it's motivational or it's mental and and now you're sitting here okay here here's the the new kid on the block in the ferrari rolling up i'm gonna show him the number one team in the country, the Tennessee Volunteers, rolling into Georgia, rolling into Athens this weekend. That atmosphere is going to be crazy. I'm going to guess college game day might be at that that uh, venue this weekend. Oh, yeah. That, that, <laughs> that, would, that would be one to get to. I don't even want to want to see what tickets cost. Ooh. We'll see what happens there in that game. We'll see what happens in the NFL. we got one more segment. We'll be coming back here on the Sports Cube. Back here with our third and final segment, we're going to dive into one more uh, topic here. Before I do that, though, how can I how can I let it go? Bama is playing LSU, and quietly, LSU and Bryant Kelly have become a top ten football team. Well, yeah, that, that's quite interesting, <laughs> but they're, they're still looking as double digit underdogs at home at night against Alabama, and that's a huge problem. I don't really see LSU winning that game. It would be a great story. It would probably undermine a lot of what we just bolstered about (laughs) Tennessee. But at the end of the day, yes, my LSU Tigers do look much better. Uh, They seem to be adapting better to Brian Kelly's scheme. Jalen Daniels looks a lot better than he did earlier. Uh, Keishon Boutte is still completely lost, and, and his draft stock now has dropped from probably number two receiver going in the top 15. He'll be lucky if he goes in the top 60. But, hey, they're getting better. I do have worries about them actually stopping the run, like that same issue they had against Tennessee. Tennessee just you know, was able to roll up big plays, get yards when they needed to, and I think Alabama's going to do more of the same. I, I, I do think Alabama covers the spread. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going against my LSU Tigers. I don't have a lot of faith in that defense. Do I think they'll put some points up and at least make it interesting for anybody making the road trip out there to Baton Rouge? Yeah. But at the end of the day, they're probably going to lose, let's just say, 42-28. All right. All right. I respect that. We'll see what happens there with Bama and LSU. LSU, though, quietly a top 10 team again. That's uh, That's got to be exciting for those fans down there. We will see what happens. I'm sure if they get pummeled, they're still going to drop to, what, 12? <laughs> in the ring. That's how it happens in the SEC, but they're still a little bit full stole uh, right now. Absolutely. So I was watching social media. I was watching TikTok. You know, I get on TikTok and stuff like that. So there was a guy that was handing out a $100 bill to people if they could name one player on the u.s men's national team for the world cup that's going to be coming up here in 30 days uh in about 30 days but uh you, you take a look at the u.s men's national team people couldn't name one player on the team and 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 the, the, the most famous player is probably somebody that's well known but i don't think people know his name i think people know him by look and probably by listening to this show uh, but now we get into the World Cup and what's going to be going on. And uh, quietly, this World Cup is sneaky up on everybody. And then it's going to just kind of be here. Yeah, it's hard to believe. You know, it, it's we're going to start on the 20th of November. It's going to be right around Thanksgiving time. 
it's going to be one of those where you're not going to want to put your kids in the Thanksgiving soccer tournament because you're going to be wanting to watch these matches as they show up in the middle of the day. It's going to be quite entertaining. It's going to start out fast and furious. I mean, shoot, you're looking at the fourth match, USA-Wales. Very, very even match right now. Uh, U.S. struggling with some injuries. You know, Weston McKinney now is a little bit hobbled. You know, they've had issues with other players. I, I'm a little bit worried about the USA. Uh, I'm not going to lie. You know, we're going to do a full-blown World Cup preview, our next one, where I'll get into more details here. And then we'll have some of the rosters out and really see who's fit and who's not and, and can dissect it in a little more detail. But, I mean, there's just some fantastic matches just coming out right out the gate. I mean, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very interesting. I, I can't wait. You got Mexico, Poland in the 22nd. I mean, it, it's Germany, Japan. That's going to be an interesting match. You know, Japan is, is looking like a powerhouse out of Asia. I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm so excited for it. Yeah, the timing and the holidays and everything like that is actually going to probably help the American audience as far as watching. I mean, to get tuned in and to not have to kind of like go back and forth. Yeah, summertime is great and be able to have the time during the summer to do that. But during the holidays, yeah, you got to balance those holidays and whatnot. But there's going to be times, especially uh, in some of the regions, of the Midwest, the East Coast, where it's going to be cold. You're going to be trapped inside. And what are you going to do? You're just going to watch the World Cup on TV. Oh, I mean, let's just look at Black Friday, USA, England. We've been hyping that one up. That's going to be the most watched match in the United States history, at least on the men's side. Uh, I, I can say that definitively at this point. Who's going to miss that one? That's going to be about 1 p.m., I think, Central Standard Time. That's going to be one where the pubs are going to be packed. There's going to be a lot of watch parties going on. And it's, it's, it's going to be American Revolution all over again, except I think this one might be a little less successful than the first one was in 1776. <laughs> yeah, it should be exciting. We'll see what happens there with the World Cup. Really looking forward to that. What's been going on in, in some of the fantasy world? What's been going on in DK? What's been going on in some of the leagues that you've been involved in and things that you've taken a look at? Uh, are, you, are you striking? Are you scoring? Yeah, DKPremier.club. We're in season 2.0, going going strong. Energy quarter 1836, which is season one champs myself, started off really slow. I think my head was in the toilet a lot of times, but I've started to gain momentum. I've beaten two of the contenders recently, and I'm now up to a very respectable 12th in the table of 26. At the top, North Pole FC, who's been a contender, they're looking like the class of the deal. I mean, they are well over a thousand total points. I'm sitting about 900 and typically I'm in the top three and some of the scoring at, at the, at, in our top five, you're looking at four of the top five are UK Ireland based teams and completely dominating us Americans. Uh, it's except for North pole is the only one that's sitting there at the top. So it, it's been an interesting season. You know, I, I haven't had some good luck. I haven't done well myself, but I'm starting to feel some momentum and get my groove. You know, one thing that I can shape some of my success on in the past is good utilization of goalies within those showdown lineups. And I've started to go back to that well a little bit and and it's starting to bear some fruit. So, so I'm excited about it. You know, I, I think I still have an outside chance here to get in the top five, which which is my goal. And you know, uh, we got to look at it. There's another Texas team sporting Rio Grande Valley that's sitting there in six. So 
I'm, I'm gunning for them. What you've been so good at is you've been, you're good at staying the course. You know, you don't get into panic mode. You're, you're, you're the type that, you know, it's a long season. You're going to progress and you're going to kind of do those things. I, I'm not. So sometimes if I'm, if I'm out early, I'm just one of those, like, oh, how, how do you stay the course? How do you start kind of building the blocks back up? But uh, you, you show that you practice that patience because you got to have that patience kind of gear, right. in in these deals. You do. And you got to kind of get back to what made you successful. Sometimes your methodology gets screwed up. I, I sometimes see when I'm not doing as well personally. I'm not putting as much time as thought into the lineups as I should be. You know, I'm, I'm doing more of what I would call lazy man picks. Sometimes it's smart to go chalk. But when you're trying to differentiate from a pool of very talented players, I mean, there's writers on rotor wire in this league. There are very credentialed players from from the uk that know the sport extremely well and when you're matching up with them the captain obvious stuff you're not going to beat them very often and in order to beat them you, you got to come up with an angle and you got to put the time in and I, I i take my success from that first season as champion by best use of the goalie and if I start to get into a slump, I start to go back to that. This is not a secret to people in the league. They know that I do this. I'm able to do it better than some. Now I'm a very respectable, you know, 900 points, which is not great, but I'm building on it. You know, the last few weeks, I'm trying to get in the top five on points every time. And if you're getting the top five on points in the league, you're, you're going to win an overwhelming majority. I mean, even the, the best record right now, you're sitting here, nine wins, two losses and two draws, which is is outstanding but there's still still some blemishes there so so nobody's infallible keep us updated on that league final thought here on our way out i'm going to ask you the question here on this final thought what would Lionel messi coming to mls and being in the united states of america what would that mean to the soccer scene here in the states it would probably be the second largest acquisition of the mls outside of david beckham coming over pretty early on where it seemed like he, he was, you know, kind of end of his prime, uh, very end of it, tail end. It would be a monumental move for somebody of that international stature to come over here and finish out their career where they look like they still have something left in the tank. I think he would be extremely prolific as a goal scorer. It would be something to see. You know, I, I would bring my children when they would come play the Houston Dynamo. Attendance, so attendance, attendance would not be an issue with him. Oh, I think that first season, everywhere he goes, just like Beckham, it'll be a complete sellout. Wow, really? Every, every game that he goes to. Well, you've got to think some of those stadiums, their capacity is like 18,000. Sure. Maybe you won't see out, you know, sell out Seattle Sounders for playing, you know, 70,000 Quest Field, but everywhere but even, even then, it's it's quite possible, though, because of just his stature and because who he is. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's been going back and forth with Ronaldo for best player in the world for a decade plus now. I mean, it, it's one of those, you, you just to get a player like that, it's not a bad deal for him. Puts him back closer to home. Injury risk is not as much because he'll get that superstar treatment in the sense that they're not going to ask him to do anything. If he loses <laughs> the ball, just stand there and drink some water and get into position. Like I remember when Kaka came over and I watched him play for, for Orlando against the Dynamo. If there was a turnover and there had to be defense play, he just stopped. 
<laughs> we'll see what happens. I think it'd be awesome. I would even go check out a game. I think it would just it would just really cross over. It would bring some real casual fan appeal, which is really what you want when you start drawing in new fans, drawing in the new tickets, drawing in the new revenue. It's all good when you get a, a player like Leon Messi. We'll see what happens there. Next week or next episode, we're going to cover everything we got going on in the World Cup. Mike is going to have all of his picks, his selections. He's going to know who's going where. Uh, he's going to have the ultimate winner, and then we're just going to fire away. We're going to find that future, and we're just going to fire away and see if we can cash a little bit uh, here on the East Coast. I can I can do it out, out here on the East Coast, not there in the South. You guys, you guys can't uh, indulge too much in those pleasantries. Oh, I, we could go into a whole bunch of different scenarios with that. <laughs> I'm getting close to the point where I want to deep dive on it. And then, yeah, we can even throw in some college football too, just so we don't bore the perfect the, the, the football crowd. <laughs> Love it. We'll see you guys next time here on the sports queue for Texas Mike. I'm CG. We are out of here. Good night, y'all.